0: So as I've been reflecting on um, Christmas, a few thoughts came to my mind that I, that I wanted to share with you tonight, just very briefly. Uh, it's not gonna be a full, full-length sermon. We'll keep it to about 45 minutes or so, <laughs> Um But just a few quick thoughts I wanna share with you that I would like for, for us to just kinda take in, maybe a fresh and anew tonight. They're, they're simple. There, there's nothing brilliant here. There's nothing unique or profound or anything like that here. But these simple thoughts really are the some of the most important things that we can say in proclaiming the gospel. And Christmas really is the proclamation of the gospel because we're celebrating not just the birth of a baby 2,000 years ago. We're celebrating the incarnation of, of the Son of God to redeem the world from sin. The first thought I want to share with you is this, very simple. The eternal Son of God became material for us. Think about that for a moment. The eternal one, the immortal one, the uncreated one stepped into and became a part of His creation became susceptible to death, came ultimately to die. The infinite one made himself contained within a little baby. What a scandal. If Christmas does not perplex us, if it does not hurt our brains when we think about it, we're not thinking about the miracle and the mystery that is Christmas. The eternal Son of God became material for us. The second thought I wanted to share with you comes from that first one. The eternal Son of God made himself small for us. Think about that. Again, the infinite one makes himself contained to a finite little baby. He makes himself small. The God who is far beyond us, far greater than us, comes and walks among us, learns a language to speak to us. And Christmas reminds us of His Smallness, of the ways in which he became small. Because he came not just literally in a small way, but he came in in a kind of an uncelebrated way. He was celebrated by shepherds, nobodies, forgotten people, people that you probably wouldn't even want to be around. They stink. They're not educated. They're poor. And those are the ones who gather at the cradle to celebrate the eternal God in their midst. It's not Herod that comes, it's shepherds. And even magi from the east, they come, but not Herod. In the elements of communion, we're reminded of how God makes himself, himself small and accessible to us. When we hear the words of our Redeemer Jesus, my body, which is broken for you, my blood, which is shed for you, small, humble, seemingly insignificant elements by which God communicates Himself to us and makes His grace readily available to us, So the eternal son of God became material for us. The eternal son of God made himself small for us, which is also to say the third thought I want to share with you. The eternal son of God drew near to us. He came. He made himself accessible. He made himself approachable. And in his nearness, there is life. Because that's The greatest consequence of sin is distance between us and God. Estrangedness, isolation, abandonment, loneliness, spiritual isolation and abandonment and loneliness. But the eternal Son of God drew near to us. And so the gospel calls us, draw near to Him. He's made the first move. And he invites us, come, move toward me, draw near to me. Because as we draw near to him, we find in him the light of the world. We find life and we find warmth. We find a place that has been made for us. Room that has been made in the heart of God for us. Again, the shepherds drew near and the magi drew near. We read later in the Gospels of Simeon and Anna when Jesus is dedicated in the temple. They drew near. They were waiting. They were expecting. And their hearts were filled with joy as the eternal God drew near to them. So they drew near to Him. The powerful, folks like Herod, they stay away. They keep their distance. But as the eternal Son did, so should we humble ourselves and draw near to Him. The last thought I wanted to share with you is that the eternal Son of God entered our messiness. He entered our messiness. The messiness of the human condition is met by the messiness... Of the Holy Nativity. Now, I know if you've ever seen a, um, or if you've ever had in your home a nativity scene, it's probably pretty tidy and nice. Maybe it's made of ceramic, maybe some nice polished wood or something. It's normally really fancied up, and you know, it's, it's sure, it's a stable, it's got a little feeding trough, but not a disgusting, filthy feeding trough. Not what you're Pets to eat out of? Of course not. Something clean and polished up, right? Childbirth itself is messy business. The eternal Son of God entered into our messiness. No matter how much we try to romanticize it, the holy days are always a bit messy. Rarely are they ever picturesque. In fact, anytime you receive a Christmas card in the mail and it's got a picture of nice smiling family, everybody's kind of dressed up, maybe coordinating outfits, and everybody's got a smile on their face, just imagine what was happening about 10 seconds (laughs) before that flash went off. There was probably screaming and yelling, there might've even been crying, somebody's eyes, might be red and they had to get some Photoshop magic done to try to make them look a little bit more, you know, civilized. But we know that there's messiness in our experience. We know that there's messiness in the experience of the history of the world. But the eternal Son of God dares to enter into it Because it's precisely in the messiness that redemption is needed. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not about picturesque images, it's not about the romantic things that we often attribute to it, it's about the eternal one becoming material for us making himself small for us, drawing near to us, even in the messiness. There are always complicated emotions wrapped up in the holidays, and that's part of the messiness. But Christmas reminds us that despite the complicated emotions, despite the tensions within families, Despite the chaos that is trying to pull off Christmas, which is kind of a silly idea that we're going to pull off Christmas. But despite all of that, all of the mess that we make of it, Emmanuel, God is with us. He's with us really. When we light candles, there's always a little bit of all of this involved in it. Think about it. A candle. It's matter. It's something that we think nothing of. You know, you probably have candles in most of the rooms of your house. You might even have candles in your bathroom. It's something small. It's something that in the dark... And you see a light off in the distance, you want to draw near to it. It's something that invites you, draws near to you. And candles, especially these, can get a bit messy because they drip. And so we've got these cute little skirts on them to try to contain the messiness. But there's always messiness involved because as the candle melts, the wax has to go somewhere. And so as we light candles, we're going to start. I'm going to go grab myself a candle, and we're going to light that candle from the Christ candle, and then we're going to pass the light around, ever each, each one turning to somebody and helping them light their candles. And I want you to think about this. The eternal Son of God became material for us, made himself small for us, drew near to us, and entered our messiness. In all of that, and only in all of that, is there hope and redemption. Because this is how God saves us, by entering in himself. Father, we thank you for this holy night. We thank you for the opportunity to celebrate together, the opportunity to sing together, the opportunity to pray together, the opportunity to light candles together, the opportunity to direct our hearts together to our Redeemer, the Incarnate One, Jesus. We thank you for sending your Son to redeem us. Jesus, we thank you for coming and becoming one of us, sharing your life with us, your grace with us, your holiness with us. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would warm our hearts with the rich presence of Jesus, our Lord, our King, the reason for our hope, the cause of our peace, the purpose of our joy, and the reality of love that is given to us.